April 12th, 2021. Um, it's actually close to being April the 13th, but I wanted to go ahead and just get something down with regard to this lady's, the lady's shooting of an unarmed black man in America. This actually happened in the early morning hours of April the 12th, um, I believe, or 11th. And um, the young man's name is Dante Wright, 20 years old. And initially when I heard it, I just <clears throat> said, I have nowhere to put this. <clears throat> um, because I have been, like most of America, engrossed. In the George Floyd murder, I'm sorry, the Derek Chauvin murder trial. And now here we have, no more than 10 minutes away from the place where that trial is being held, the killing of another unarmed black man. So initially when this occurred, no one knew the circumstances. And so we all waited with bated breath to hear what um, happened at the scene, what caused this tragic loss of life. And... Um, pretty soon, about midday, it started to come out that the shooter, Karen Potter, was a 26-year-old veteran and that she was claiming accident. And the chief of police in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, came out and said that he supported um, the view, the opinion that it was an accident. And he said that was from um, what he heard the tape that he viewed, and the reaction of the officer at the scene. Um, and at that point, they had not released the tape, okay? And so um, a couple of hours later, they come back out. They're going to let the public see the tape. They're warning us that it's graphic. But remember, they've told us that it's an accident. So first they came out. First they released the fact, you know, that he had been shot. Okay, so we found that out. And then they waited a couple hours, and they came out. They wouldn't tell us anything. So it was about, what, 10 hours he was out there. And they said he laid on the streets for hours. Anyway, so then they come out, and they tell us, well, it's an accident. So they did a Trump thing. They came out. They told you something. You don't know what it is yet. Trying to preempt everything. Trying to give you a mindset. Okay, so they've told us it's an accident. But we haven't seen the tape, but they allegedly have. So then, you know, a couple of hours later after that's made it around and everybody has been told that it is an accident, the tape is released. Well, here's the problem with the tape and the call that it's an accident. The woman, the video, her body camera shows her pointing the gun at this young man for minutes. Just it, you, it's Clearly, it's a gun. And so she yells... I'm going to tase you, and then fires. Now, everyone is trying to figure out how does she think that her gun, a 9mm, which has significant heft and weight, was a taser gun, which is significantly lighter and smaller. And how could we see it so clearly on the body cam, she's holding it straight out in front of her, and it never occurred to her to look at what she had in her hands? I don't believe it was an accident. I don't believe that it looks like an accident. And initially, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota came out, and he supported, it seemed, the call that it was an accident. However, I guess after calls came in, after they released that tape, that no, people are still not convinced that it was an accident. You tried it. You tried it. But no one bought it. 
he is now calling for her to be fired. But the police chief thus far is standing with her. But people are asking, how does a 26-year-old veteran mix up a 9-millimeter handgun with a taser gun? And also, there's a question of if she is taught 26 years to carry her handgun, her uh, service pistol, on her dominant hip. How did her taser get there? Why does she reach on her non-dominant hip and grab her taser? So, you know, this is begging the question. And, you know, I, I read about this in the New York Times. And, you know, it, it just shows us how divided this country is. Some people are feeling for us, for black parents, black mothers and fathers, black children, and saying yes. They would not want to hear every other week about one of their kids being gunned down in the street. But there's still a lot of a lot of white people out there saying, but, you know, these people always resisting arrest. White men don't resist arrest. We, you know, we, we're docile. And that's a lie. That's a lie. But, you know, here's the thing. As my 13-year-old son said, Mom, no one should lose their life in a traffic stop. He said they had the guy's license plate which means that they could run the plates and they could find out where he lived. Send the ticket there. You know, stop trying to give people these traffic tickets in person if it's going to result in a loss of life. Smart young man. Because essentially that's what they're doing with these cameras that are everywhere. They're sending you a ticket based on a camera capturing a photo of your car running a light or exceeding the speed limit. So why not just let officers, if they see a questionable plate or whatever, just give a ticket to the person. Since obviously we cannot, as black people, survive a traffic stop. You know, and that, that's what I thought. I said to myself, you know, we can't survive a traffic stop, but yet these people can take armed shooters in. The Denver man, he killed how many people? Nine or ten up in there. The Atlanta man, he killed eight people. Dylan Roof, he killed nine people. All of those people were taken into custody alive after that enormous loss of life. Somehow the officers were allowed to get up on them, got up on them, did not, they armed people and did not shoot them. But here we are just trying to give a ticket, trying to arrest us for some fake bullshit misdemeanor warrant that's out there because you're running because you have a child support um ticket warrant really you know for lando castile because you're reaching to give your license and registration even though your four-year-old was in the car the man who was shot because he was getting in his car and he's got kids in the car with him come on I mean, there's so many of us. I mean, but people are still, they're still stuck on stupid. They're still not understanding that all of this is because of hyper surveillance. And white people do not want to give up the right to have traffic stops with black people. There are a number of reasons. One, it feeds the coffers of these towns. You know, and, I, and I, what I find to be criminal is that they will actually stop people hoping that you have an outstanding warrant so they can take you down, lock you up. And then if you have a job, they've caused you to lose your job. But then they're going to stack a fine on top of that. Now, this is what gets me. The police themselves know we have an already overburdened system. They know how crowded the jail conditions are. Why are you trying to put somebody in jail for a fucking traffic ticket? 
or a misdemeanor bullshit warrant. Why? Really? Really, we need more of that shit? That's one of the reasons why they don't want to give up traffic stops, white people. The other reason is that the police force, as you know, came out of the slave came out of slave catchers in the old South. And then once black people were released, this was another way to get them back into custody and to free to free labor. Even if you were just walking around, they could accuse you of something, as in they could just stop you for some bogus reason driving your car. They could if you after reconstruction, they could just stop you as a black person and say, Hey boy, where do you belong? And there was nobody to stop them from hanging you, picking you up, taking you to jail, killing you, shooting you, doing whatever they want. This is a continuation of that bullshit. Yes, believe this. Believe it. This is a continuation of that bullshit. This is what you call hyper surveillance. And it is what occurs in the black community. And I wrote a paper on it in law school. And the professor was so mad at me, he turned fucking purple. Gave me a bullshit grade on it and would refuse to meet with me. But I realized it was because it wasn't the kind of shit he was used to hearing anybody talk about. But it is something that black people are subjected to on a daily basis. Hyper surveillance. That's why you have Karens come up to you and ask you, is that your house? When you're at an Airbnb, what are you doing there? When you're just walking down the street in your neighborhood, what, what, what are you here for? When you're riding your bike, when you're laying poolside, do you, are you supposed to be in here? Are you a member? The white privilege, they will, yes. Hyper surveillance, and this is an extension of that, and that is what police officers would do. Driving while black is what got that young man killed. What, what is the air freshener hanging down in his car, bouncing back and forth got to do? So what if he has a temporary plate on his car? You can't have a temporary plate. Well, they shouldn't give out fucking temporary plates. White people are always wanting to stop black people. And then they know that it's going to lead to... They're so frightened. They're so frightened. But yet they're talking to you like a dog. Shut up. Get out your car. Put your hands down. Show me this. Yeah, you better be afraid. They do things with black people to escalate. And I think about Sandra Bland and how, how sad and how tragic and how unnecessary that death was. The officer had given her the ticket. She would gotten back in her car. And then he comes over there talking to her and tells her to put a cigarette out. And she says, this is my car. I'm to put my cigarette out. And then that leads to get out of the car. And then if you don't get out of the car, I'm going to arrest you because you're refusing to obey an officer. Refusing to obey a stupid order that should never have been given. Because you have given me my ticket and I should be pulling away now. And that is what happens with white people and black people and white people and black people and white officers and black people. There is never an attempt to de-escalate. Everything is about escalating because they feel as if they have the power. And then a body is on the street dead. And so something has got to be done. I mean, and the, you know, this is all of this is the repercussions, the consequences, the ripples, the effect centuries later of one of the institutions that this country was built on, slavery. And so we're not going to get any better till we go back and we unearth this. And I know white people don't want to talk about it, but hey, I don't want to live it. I don't want to every time my son leaves the house in a car, have my mouth and my throat until I see his face at the door. 
till I sit there tense, can't even really do anything, wondering if I'm going to get some kind of crazy fucking phone call. They don't want to talk about it. I don't want to fucking live it. So something has to be done. We have to find a way to undo, to wash the blood from America's hands when it comes to black people. And they keep just trying to put some fucking sanitizer on it. And, you know, we've been using sanitizer. You know how you don't have soap and water and you use a sanitizer to get rid of the germs, but you still don't feel like your hands are clean. You know you've killed the shit that's on there, but you don't feel like they're clean because you need some soap and some fucking water to get down to it. And that's what America needs when it comes to this fucking racism and slavery and the after effects and the consequences. That's why you've got this imbalance of wealth. That's why you've got white people with 17 times, 170 times the wealth of black people. Black people got a dollar in the bank and white people have $175,000 on average of wealth. What? What? And that's because we're all stupid. That's because we, we don't know what to do with money. Well, why are we one of the most educated groups on the planet? There is something wrong. And white America refuses to acknowledge it because they know what it means. You got to unass some shit. You got to come correct. You got to stop using your blonde hair and blue eyes and batting them to get by and get over. You got to have stop having incompetent ass white people. And let's start with our ex-president, former President Trump and stupid asses like Robert, like uh, Matt Gatz and Ted Cruz and these people. And Mitch McConnell getting up there. What the hell have they done? They're not any learned people. They are white men who are all protecting mediocre, mediocre, other, other mediocre ass white men. It's the good old boys club. That's all it is. And that is why they don't want to address this shit. But if this shit continues, America, they think those white people tore the fucking capital down. America's going to burn his own fucking house down with this cop killing the black people. They're going to burn their own fucking house down. Anyway. Uh, you know, I quite often digress on my podcast and just rant a bit. But I just wanted to get something out about this. And, you know, people are saying that this killing of this young man is reminiscent of the character that Michael B. Jordan portrayed in Fruitvale, which I could never... F- bring myself to watch because I don't enjoy seeing um, films that are, you know, wrenching like that. Look at Just Mercy, what happened with the character that um, Jamie Foxx portrayed. There, You know, it's just too visceral um, for me. Um, and I feel these things too deeply. You know, I'm more of the type of movie like The Free State of Jones and um, when they redid the uh, Nat Turner rebellion, that, that's more my thing. You know, we're not going to take this shit anymore. We're going to fight back. You know, I don't, I don't enjoy 12 years a slave. Let me try to be a good person and work my way out of here. No, I'm like burn the motherfucker down. Mm-mm, no, I'm like fight till I die. I'm going I'm to die on my knees because I'm not going to stand here on my feet and just let you, you know, and just I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to just fall down and be crawling. No, no, but I'm not going to just stand around with my head down and my hat in my hand, hoping that white people come to their senses. And I don't think that this generation is. And I think that the generation of white people, people say that they're better. But I don't know. Some of the most racist people I've met are some young white people today. But we must have hope. 
keep hope alive, we must. You know, but when we see things like this, I mean, the fact that it is happening 10 minutes away from where the trial of Derek Chauvin, who took George Floyd's life as occurring, says something. It says something. It's so close. It's so close. What is it saying to you, America? What is this saying to you? When will you stop taking the life of our brown brothers and sisters under the guise of policing? Because you're sending a message. And we got it loud and clear. But the question is, are you getting our message? And so... I just wanted to bring something to you because, you know, it's, um, you know, it's just all over again. And um, it has to stop. I don't have anywhere to put this. I'm all out of space. So anyway, this is Monica. I'm black. Um, Hit me up in the voicemail messages, you know, reach out to me. Tell me what you think. Like, subscribe. Um, And maybe I'll play your voicemail message back on my podcast as to what you think about what I've said and maybe you'll come on and you'll be my first um, guest that is a member of the audience and we'll talk about what you think about black and how I could make it better or what topics you'd like to hear but this is Monica coming to you um, on another episode of black and it's a sad one and I thank you so much for just being out there and for listening to me and just giving me an opportunity to share some of my thoughts with you. So until next time, and hopefully under much better circumstances, I'll see you around on Black.